Welcome to Fantasy or Reality, the GPP. Whatever road you took to get here doesn't matter. What matters is you're here. My hope is that we all can help one another in this journey. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Fantasy or Reality, the GPP. Today, we have another special guest who uh, reached out. He wanted to tell his story um, about his gambling, his uh, road to recovery. And I'm very excited to have Alex with us to share his story. He reached out um, after listening to my podcast, and I'm very excited to have him on here and share his story. Hey, Alex, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, yeah, no problem. No problem at all. Cool. Um, So like we were talking about before, um, therapy for me has been um, one of the biggest things for me. That's what's helped me a lot in uncovering a lot of how I feel and, and, um, you know, really digging into who I am and why I've done the things I've done. So, uh, like I told you before, we sat down or I sat down with my therapist and the first thing he asked me was Steve, who are you? So Alex, who are you? Um, well, I'm a, to start with, I'm a human being, you know, I'm an addicted gambler, you know, uh been learning a lot about who i am and uh and therapy and like the truth behind like the deeper truths behind some of the actions i've taken and all those different things so i've been on that journey the past few months as well so that's been a big help for me so i'd say right now you know it's still discovering a lot about who i am and uh opening up new doors through uh and getting the help i need through those avenues Cool. Um, so I guess we'll jump right into it. Um, do you want to share um, your gambling story? When did you start? Uh, what age did you start? Um, tell us a little bit about your type of gambling and we'll go from there, bud. Okay. Yeah. I started gambling about 17 uh, through, well, my original experience was I started through a free game called Streak for the Cash. Um, I'm sure many people know know what that game is um i went to a website called uh eventually you know i was pretty hooked with that game so i went to uh found a community for that game went to a forum called 27inarow.com which is still an active website uh there you know they offered some like betting tips talked about betting and uh avenues about that so i started learning about that and i was like well I can, I can beat the bookies. I can do this. I've, I'm a knowledgeable guy. I've followed sports my whole life, you know, that whole story. So eventually I decided to give it a shot. Um, I think back then I would have been on probably a sportsbook.ag, which is an offshore book. I believe it's out of Costa Rica. So what you do there is you just deposit into the book with via credit card, debit card, I mean, some, some debit cards have more issues, but generally a few different times trying, and I might have to go through a few, like, uh, is this fraud, you know, text, mm-hmm. you know, eventually you can get the process to go through. Cause back then, you know, cryptocurrency and all those type of avenues towards betting wasn't really, wasn't really a thing. So once you deposit, you just, you go from there, you know, I think my first deposit was probably $50 or something like that, $50, $100. And then, and then 
from there you're just like you're in this community that also bets too so naturally it just starts escalating from there so it probably started as something that was innocent but with my uh, addictive personality uh, it just escalated from there and then at a certain point I was you know almost putting like whole paychecks into the stuff you know or as much with the paycheck that I could afford and then live on the other part but the majority of it was going to her towards gambling and this was at 17 yeah this was at 17 from uh, I would say those that period probably lasted I think mean, there was probably a few hot and cold stretches you know or had other other life other things come up other things in life but that was probably from 17 to 21 22 with that with that stretch okay and that was streak for the cash you said so what is that like sports betting uh, no streak for the cash that's how it started but oh, the streak okay. for the cash itself isn't sports betting that's just a free game from uh, espn gotcha sorry what you're using like you learning like you you're going to like sports book to check odds so to make your picks so it just naturally escalated from there because i found the forum from streak for the cash and that escalated towards eventually towards giving it a shot with betting because i mean what 17 18 year old kids who's who's been in sports his whole life you know or at least followed sports his whole life tried sports and you know doesn't think they can beat the bookies <laughs> yeah um so that's what you mainly bet on you know you did a lot of sports betting did you do any other type of gambling or did you ever have any other type of uh, addictions or anything like that Let's say 90, 95, 96% of it was sports betting. You know, I mean, I've tried more types of gambling, uh, Texas Hold'em poker. Uh, some points down the road, I've tried cryptocurrency, uh, stock market, uh, DFS, you know, pretty much every avenue I've tried it. But sports betting has always been like my uh, thing of choice. Okay. Um, sorry, man. That sports betting has always been the one I've enjoyed the most. Okay. Um, so when do you think it went from a fun time, you know, a fun game you played, you know, just betting a little bit here and there to make uh, the sport maybe a little bit more fun? Uh, and then when do you think it turned into a problem? Or when did you start to realize that there was a problem? That, that's an interesting question because you know when you're in when you're deep in that moment you're like you oftentimes you don't realize it till later yeah so for me probably that whole period of like 19 to 22 because like i didn't even realize in the moment how bad it was but then like years later like you can kind of still get access to your to your old bets or you can mm -hmm. kind of see history you know and years later i was uh, showing uh talking about it with a guy in a chat and that's when it just like it hit me it just how deep it had gotten and how far along those lines I had went, you know, because when you're, um, I don't know when the point where I would say I started putting like most of my paychecks, but I would say at least by 19 or 20, where just most of that two week paycheck was going in into a sports book. And then also with, I had a Amazon credit card. So it was just, just a little thousand dollar, thousand dollar limit. Thankfully, thankfully. Um, so I would, you know, probably 100, 200, 300 there, pay it off, you know, go in that cycle too. But I yeah. never, never opened up more credit cards than that. I never, 
I never was going majorly into debt, like taking out loans for the stuff, but it was still, you know, it was still destroying my life. I mean, I was just in that paycheck to paycheck cycle to fund stuff. Yeah, of course. Um, so um, did you ever have any other type of other addictive tendencies, uh, issues other than gambling, anything that you've come across through your therapy, um, anything, anything like that? Uh, I would say I tend to have like an addictive personality. I mean, I've tried, I've tried alcohol, never, not, never really been my thing. Never been a heavy drinker. Yeah. I've done uh, cocaine, different things like that. And I would, I wouldn't classify as everyone heavy with those, mm-hmm. but if I would have been around that community, that crowd, then there's, I definitely think there's a good chance that uh, I would have went more down that road. It was just, I never was in that type of community. So where I was in that type of community was with sports and sports betting. Yeah, of course. And you mentioned that you played um, a lot of sports growing up. Do you think that contributed to your um, competitiveness, your desire to want to sports bet, stuff like that? Yeah, definitely. Because I've always been a, a super competitive person. Like I'm that type of person. It's a board game, card game, sport, sporting event. I play to win. Like I always want to win. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I think that naturally would have carried over into sports betting. Yeah. Do you have any um, times that you remember or stories that you remember where it just got so bad and you realized, you know, you wanted to stop, right? But you couldn't stop and you kept going back to it over and over again. Cause I know I, especially this last time, this last go around the last few years that I, I bet like, I wanted to stop within a few months, probably earlier than that. Honestly, I wanted to stop and I just could not, no matter what I did, you know, different types of things to stop. I'd always end up back in it and I just couldn't understand why, you know, I knew I could potentially lose my family. Uh, And it took a lot of digging and realizing like why I did the things I did. Um, But, you know, do you have any uh, stories you'd like to share? Um, Anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the there's been s- numerous points where I wanted to stop, like when I was deep into it, where it was just, where it was basically like any addiction, it's just, it's consuming your life. So it's, it's probably your first thought in the morning. It's your last thought before you go to sleep, you know? So I would say there's probably numerous times when I was doing whole paychecks where I would, I would want to stop. And then I might even go through a two or three month, four month, five month, six month period where I might be pretty much stopped. But I would always go back down that road. Eventually, like, I don't know if it was like, I guess like maybe something happens, maybe with a female, maybe, maybe life just gets hard, you know, life just kicks you in the ass, which it, which it can do sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was always like, it would always go back to it being that escape because you get whether you win or you lose in gambling you get that just the more money you have especially on the game you get that massive adrenaline rush especially the the closer the game is the closer you are where there's that last second win or is that last second loss the bigger the adrenaline rush so you're always just it just became that escape for me it and i can just remember when i lost my brother at my twin brother at age 24 uh I can just remember me and my buddy, we had, we'd already had tickets to WrestleMania before it happened. 
Uh, so, you know, we followed through with that because it was, you know, we had the funeral and everything had already happened a couple of weeks prior. So I can just remember I'm a big soccer guy. So uh, I'm a Manchester City fan. So I remember just being in Mobile with my buddy and he was roughing a soccer game before we headed over to New Orleans uh, later that day. Um, and I just went to a, like a bar this morning to find the game, watch the game. And uh, I remember having like a grand or something on that game on uh, Manchester City to win. And they ended up blowing to a lead. But I can just remember that was kind of a low point where it was just because it's like you just realize like, man, what am I doing? What am I doing with my life? You know? Where you just realize like how much of an escape it had been. Cause you're just I guess it's in those dark places like that, especially loss, loss of a loved one, like probably nothing forces you to just reevaluate reevaluate your choices more than that. So I would say that definitely was a low point. But even after that, I didn't stop. Like I might have stopped for a while, but even then I probably didn't I would say last year was the point where it ultimately was like, okay, where I found myself slipping back into that road where I was like, okay, I have to stop. Like this has to stop. Like I don't want this to just keep destroying my life. Like it has for the past 10 years where I just have hardly any money and nothing to show for it. Yeah. Now you're like me where, you know, we did this off and on for years and we tried a hundred different times to stop and did different things. Uh, I know you told me that, your first uh not your first but you had stopped your betting back in it was july of last year right now what was different and i uh, and i i'm sorry and i know that there was one minor relapse but you were able to stop it quickly back in january um but what was it back in that july that something just clicked that time where you were like i i can't do this anymore like i keep going over and over again what was different from the times before that Oh, that's a that's another tough question. I would say what was different is just being in that cycle so many times, like hundreds of times over the years. You're just finally like, look, I've told myself hundreds of times, like this is going to be the time, going to be consistent. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be disciplined, but you're always like not prepared for that emotional high that, that you're going to get. So, in that in that, I would always end up chasing losses or chasing a bigger win. So eventually I'm like, look, this isn't going to change. This is insanity. This is, you've done the same thing hundreds of times over and over and over and over. And you just, nothing has changed. So at a certain point, like if you don't lay this down, you're going to be, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60, if you live that long, you know, whatever. And you're going to have nothing to show for your life. And that's just not who I wanted to be. So I was like, look, you've got to, you've got to lay it down and find other other avenues other things you know to uh take up your time yeah and i and i know like i said you you had told me about the one quick relapse you had about six months later in january and what i find impressive about that is you you know you made the bet you realized immediately it was a mistake and normally what we do when we relapse like that is it just keeps going and going and you now you're chasing and and uh it's just another cycle so what was it that triggered you at that point to gamble after six months? But then also what made you realize, okay, I tripped up here, but I'm going to once again, stop and continue on this positive progressive path. Um, What made it trigger was probably just making some irresponsible financial choices. 
you know so even if the, even if the things aren't necessarily bad at what you did it's still like the avenue and the way you went about it was still irresponsible and too much at one time so uh, i would say what made me stop was just knowing the trigger some of the triggers and uh deeper elements behind that from uh therapy and everything so where it was just like okay i i know where this is this is headed and i had to like you know breathe process those emotions those feelings those desires and uh, ultimately you know experience them and then you know move on which is i mean which is obviously a lot easier said than done for a person with an addictive personality oh for sure um I remember over and over again, like, especially over the last year of my gambling, like through the pandemic and into the next, like, through 2020 and into the next year, like I would be, you know, scared about not making enough money. My hours were cut back and uh, I'd end up maxing out a credit card on DraftKings and be like, I cannot believe I once again maxed out this credit card at $4,000. What am I doing here? I'm going to lose everything. And I would tell myself, I'm just going to take one more withdrawal from my 401k and pay this. And I'm never doing this again. And it would always be within a day or a week. I'd be like, oh my God, I took this money out of my 401k. Now I have to replace this. So I can totally relate to financial triggers. Um, for me, I mean, it was a mixture between financial and emotional triggers. Um, you know, I've had a lot of feelings of never feeling, I don't want to say never, but I, I would have feelings of not feeling you know, good enough or feeling worthy for my family or just feeling like if I don't provide enough that eventually, you know, they'll see through this, whatever, and then they'll leave me, even though I believe I'm a, a great partner, a great husband, and, and I give everything I can. Um, I still realize through therapy and through a lot of discussion with my wife that this is, will come up, these feelings of inadequacy. And, you know, between that and the financial triggers, it would it was this cycle that kept going. And I remember um, before I got caught this last time, like you were talking about earlier, it's like, we, we say, oh, we're only gonna do, we try to set these limits. Like at this time, it's gonna be different. This time, I'm only gonna bet a little bit. I'm only gonna bet this and that. So like for a few weeks before my wife had called me, I think I had paid off the card once again. Um, and I told myself, I'm just gonna do it on weekends. So for, I don't know, like I said, maybe a month or so, I was just playing on Saturdays and Sundays. But I already know for sure that would have once again snowballed into an everyday thing because daily fantasy you can do every day. Um, so I can completely relate to all that stuff. And I, I think a lot of people with our addiction um, struggle with that. We think that it's a control thing. But for people like us, we just have to surrender and realize that we we just cannot gamble and there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with the fact that we can't gamble we can't use an addictive substance that's that's fine um so um yeah so what's your i'm sorry i should have asked you in the beginning what is your um your clean date or when's the last day to bet for you oh last day to bet is right now it's uh one one seven twenty twenty two okay great man congratulations and I should have mentioned in the beginning also minus five two twenty one. So um, I know we were texting back and forth a bit, you know, between, you know, uh, the first time we've spoken now, do you want to talk about how you were able to get through the Super Bowl and how that was for you? Because for me and what I've done is I just am not watching sports at all. Um, 
I probably could watch and be fine, but it's just one of these things where I've realized that's just something for me. It's I'm just not ready to watch it. It's not a risk I'm willing to take at this point. So how did you handle the Super Bowl? Uh, how did you deal with it with your friends and family? How did you work through that? Uh, yeah, the Super Bowl was is definitely a difficult moment, a difficult, difficult time because for a sports better, the Super Bowl is probably the pinnacle. There's more options offered on the Super Bowl than any other game during the year. There's things like what coach, what color of the Gatorade will be worn on the winning coach? How many times will the chains be measured? And, you know, all kinds of different, just crazy, exciting things. Will there be a streaker on the field? And, you know, all kinds of crazy things like that. And so there's just for, that's just like a degenerate's paradise, you know, yeah. so to so it's just one of those events where it's like, all right, I know this is a trigger for me because like there's just so many different things you naturally think you can find an edge somewhere. So I had some friends who were just, you know, they were betting the game. They had this one bet they were going a little bigger on. And I just was like, all right, I left that chat for a while. Um, and just so I, because I didn't want to, I knew for me personally, even if, even after that bet hit, I, I couldn't guarantee that I would cash out in that moment. So mm -hmm. I just, for me, it was better off to not bet entirely there. So I just, I didn't give in, you know. Ultimately, I watched the last, like, two minutes of the game. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, I ultimately I just, uh, like, I went to the gym for the first half and just kind of just avoided that whole spectacle around the day. Yeah, and are you guys, you said it's, it's sports betting is legal down in Alabama also. Is that correct? Uh, sports betting is not legal in Alabama. Oh, okay. You have to um, you have to either go offshore or drive out to Tennessee, which offshore is not. It's easily it's a lot more accessible than uh, most people probably think on the surface, especially with just cryptocurrency and those avenues, because you have like Bovada out of Costa Rica, Sportsbook HEs. I got a Costa Rica, and you got a lot of those, a lot of those avenues. So it's it's always been a thing that's been easy to do and easy to access because I can do it from my smartphone. You know, I don't have to be sitting from my laptop. I don't. If I have those urges, I can pretty much pull out my smartphone. I can put some money on. I can give in. You know, I can do it. Yeah, I think that's what is going to be. I don't want to say difficult, but I think there's just going to be a lot more people that develop a gambling addiction over the next several years because of the accessibility and the fact you can do it from your phone. I mean, I could probably almost guarantee I, this would have never happened if it wasn't for me, uh, if it wasn't just so accessible for my phone, if like you couldn't bet at any time, 24 seven, like with DraftKings, you could build lineups 24 seven, you know? So sometimes I do it as I was getting ready for work in the morning, or I do it in the restroom, uh, when I'm home from work or, you know, if I'm, you know, this, you could really do it at any time. And, um, and now with sports betting being so accessible, um, I just, I can see this, this wave that's coming. And I know I've read some stats about how the uh, helplines are getting a lot more calls. I know here in New York, um, I just read that there's been over $2 billion wagered in just New York since it became legal and, something like 1.87 million uh, new accounts have been opened just in the last uh, nearly two months. And 
these are people who probably would have not bet before, probably would have not made a wager. And I'm not saying that they shouldn't. I'm not saying that you know people should be allowed to wager if they can uh, do so responsibly. I know that you know the the, the number is supposed to be around two percent. Uh, I believe it's much higher that have uh, a gambling addiction or a propensity towards addiction or compulsive you know betting. Um, so I don't think it should be necessarily illegal um, or anything like that. I just believe that there should be more funds directed in the way of, of help and prevention and just the amount of ads that we see blasted on TV and through social media here. I think there should be a comparable amount for help that's out there or for um, you know help through a therapist. Like for us in New York, our therapy, the one-on-one therapy will be paid for through our council. But mm. I know you're saying that's that I think you said that wasn't the case in Alabama, right? And you part of the reason why you you're you had those financial triggers is because you were going to therapy and you were paying for that. So, you know, I, I would hope that someday in all 50 states that we can get this funding to help anyone who feels like they need it. So they don't have to have this burden or this feeling that they can't go because it can't be paid for. Because a lot of times people with a gambling addiction don't have the money at, at first to go seek out help. Right. Because chances are, if you, if you've been in battle with a gambling addiction, chances are you're going to be uh, on the broke side. Yeah. If not in a lot of debt, you know, if, if not down that road as well. So I do think those things should be normalized. Like, you know, for example, on a pack of cigarettes, you know, you see all the, the, addiction risk you see the warnings and stuff like that but you know it hasn't really got to that point with gambling yet and i do think i do think like with those things like they're have exploded the last probably with the rise of the smartphone i think eventually things like gambling addiction smartphone addiction all those things i think eventually those things will be more like talked about they'll be more mainstream there'll be more of those like warnings but you know a lot of those things we are pretty much in the beginning still in a lot of the beginning stages because casinos have always been there and different things but you haven't had just the 24 7 access up until probably the last 10 15 years with a that a smartphone has given you to sports books and uh different things like that so i think we're just we're still in the beginning stages of that yeah i think that's why it's important that people like you and i come out and tell our stories and and you know, kind of normalize that this is a problem for a lot of people, but it doesn't make them any less than the next person around. It just means we we need a little help with this. Um, and whether that be 12-step meetings or other support groups or one-on-one therapy, um, you know, I just, I hope that the funding will be there one day for every person that needs the help. Um, but anyway, so, um, you mentioned that you had been going to therapy. How has that worked for you? And have you found that really beneficial in self-evaluation for your addiction, just in life in general? Yeah, I actually feel like that's been, uh, overall, it's been a great experience for me. It's been a blessing. It's been uh, one of the best investments I've made because here's the thing with an addiction. With an addiction, it's an escape from reality. Like, that's why you do it. That's where it starts. Um so I think there's always a deeper issue. There's, there's always a deeper issue. There's always a deeper trigger that any person who is struggling with an addiction, I would say they need therapy just to get to the root cause 
you know, to get to the root cause of the issue. And I, so I think overall that whole experience has been, it's been a blessing and just learning about myself, learning about uh, different things that have affected my life and the way I am and different triggers. So I think that has been a blessing for sure. And I think that's probably the biggest reason I was able to uh, not have that full relapse in January because I've still you know, watch sports over the past few months and I still, you know, consume them on a regular basis. And I just, I've learned how to manage with that, you know, and, you know, I'm learning to take the appropriate steps. If I need to leave a chat and you leave a chat and, you know, people can understand or they can't, you know, you just got to do what's best for you. So that's where I'm at with it. Um, I overall, like, I don't feel on the average day, I don't feel the need anymore, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Australian Open, which was the tennis, which was the last data bet I made. I mean, mm-hmm. it was a it was a trigger because I had friends talking about it. But overall, it was the, the bigger trigger was because I was financially. I just made a a few mistakes that were that I should have been more responsible and you know journaled through a few things as the and just managed those things a lot better and ultimately then that trigger would have been avoided and the whole experience would have been avoided so i think therapy just helps you learn those those issues and those type of things it gets it helps you get to the just deeper root cause that oftentimes we just bury like so deep inside of us that you need like that professional opinion and you need that like unbiased opinion to just help help you get to the root cause and give you give you the directions basically it won't tell you what it is but just give you like the directions and the steps yeah yeah i couldn't agree more i i've you know like i we've talked about i i go to different support groups uh journal this podcast but i found the really the most beneficial thing for me is therapy so uh, i would suggest for anyone uh, that's having that's struggling that they may not feel comfortable going to a, a 12-step meeting or comfortable showing their face just yet you know of course you can listen to podcasts um, you can read up on it but you know going to a therapist they're not going to judge you and they're really just there to listen and to help and they really have helped me dig so much into why like I've, I know I've said this a hundred times on my podcast before, but it's really been so beneficial to, for me to dig into why I've done the things I've done to help me recognize when these triggers have happened. Um, I know, you know, in previous podcasts uh, or two ago, when I spoke with my friend, John, I realized, you know, that's something I thought I was upset at. It was really like three things removed that once again, related back to, you know, those feelings of not being good enough, not feeling, you know, or feeling in those inadequacies. But then it's good to, for me, it was good for me to almost go through that because it, it helped me realize those types of triggers, those emotional triggers, which could, if left unchecked, lead me down a road I don't want to be on. Doesn't mean I'll bet the next day. Doesn't mean I'll bet the next year, but it's just a mindset I don't want to be in. And when I have too many of those things stack up and I'm in that negative mind space, that's where I don't want to be because that's that could lead to something I don't want to be in. Whether it's, you know, even if it's just a depressive state, which, you know, could lead up me into anything. And I don't want to be there. And um yeah, so I would suggest if your state pays for it, go. If not, there are great sites out there. 
I know I've said it a few times, I think it's betterhelp.com. You know, it has a pretty reasonable rates and you can do it from home on Zoom. Um, yeah, so um, is there anything else you uh, wanted to share about your addiction uh, to gambling or how you've been working through it these last few months? Yeah, I would say a big thing is just like, don't be afraid to tell to tell people. Don't be, even if, because I think telling people just, it gives you more accountability. It gives you like, it's almost like the the weight has been lifted in, in a sense because, you know, with gambling, it's such a silent addiction. I don't have scars on my arms. I don't have, you know, all those type of things. I don't, I'm not slurring words. I don't have all those different type of things that come with other addictions. And so oftentimes people will not, people won't realize the extent because especially because it's one of those things, it's mostly affecting yourself. So it's just one of those things that I would say, seek that help um tell your family tell your loved ones because you know if they if they truly care and love you then they will support you and don't be afraid to take those avenues yeah um i couldn't agree more i was i know i was so scared to tell my entire family i mean my wife found out obviously on her own but i told the rest of my family and friends and the reactions I've gotten were nothing like I thought it was going to be. Most people are supportive and are and they're in your corner and they just want you to do better and be better. Um, how was it when you um, told your family and was the reaction better than you thought it was going to be? Well, I'm still in the process of telling family and different things. And that's like a big reason why I wanted to do this podcast because I just wanted to kind of put it all out there to family and friends and all that all at once, instead of just, you know, having to go individual to individual or to just rip the whole bandaid off and put it all out there at once. Um, all right, Alex, thank you very much for sharing your story. Um, thanks for coming on here and being vulnerable. I know it's not easy. You remind me a lot of where I was, you know, just a few months in, I reached out to another podcast host and, you know, it was only, I think a month in, just like you were when you reached out to me, when I, you know, thought the same thing where it was like, I feel like the only way to truly do this is to be as open as possible. Because I know, I know I've talked talk to you about this before my, I've had previous drug addictions and I would always like get past it and then try to just shove it down and move past it and like put it behind me and pretend it didn't happen. And then these things would always pop back up. So I, I realized that this time around, I just had to be as open as possible. And I realized that these podcasts had helped me so much. So that's why I, why I reached out and um, yeah, you just, it's just tough in those early days, but I remember being in those early days, not sure of how the people in my life were going to take it. And most people, like I said, really have been very supportive and there's nothing wrong with us. There's, you know, we have this issue with, you know, addiction, whether it be gambling or alcohol or whatever, but there's help out there. We can, we can move forward with it. And I think the best thing to do is being open. So I really commend you on coming out here and, and telling your story. And I really appreciate you doing this, Alex. Thank you. All right. I appreciate you giving me that opportunity. Absolutely. Well, thank you everyone for listening. I really appreciate you taking the time out to listen to us, tell our stories. And I look forward to talking with you all soon. Be good to yourselves. Here's where to get help. You can call or text 1-800-522-4700. That's the National Council on Problem Gambling. 
or you could call 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2537. This is where I found um, the link to my therapist through my local counselor. And then also, we cannot forget our affected others. My wife goes to Gammonon every week, and it's been a huge help to her. So anyone in your life who you feel like needs help or you've affected through your gambling, you can go to gammonon.org, G-A-M-A-N-O-N.org. The number is 718-352-1671.